Welcome to Do You Like Us and Other Codependent Topics. Hi. I'm Brooke. And I'm Megan. And today we are discussing the wonderful topic mm. of detachment. Detachment. This one's a tough one, but it's yeah. so necessary. It's one that I feel like you recently have said that you were going through like a detachment epiphany or I don't know how to describe it, but just yeah, learning a lot about it, feeling more able to accomplish it. <clears throat> yeah. And it's, it's hard. Let me tell you, as someone who likes to attach to <laughs> everything and everyone, um, or glom on, as I say. With a skeleton hand. <laughs> rock on. <laughs> rock on. Uh, we have that merch coming soon, by the way. Very exciting. Uh, we already have it designed and everything, so we just need to Thanks put it... Thanks to Brooke. Yeah, I designed it myself. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it is really awesome. And anyways, yes, going back to what we were talking about. Detachment. Detaching is really hard. And I mean like detaching emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually from someone, mm-hmm. right? Because um, we get attached in all those ways with people, especially on a romantic sense. Like, we could definitely get so attached to the point where we're not even sure who we are anymore, which we've discussed many times on the pod before. Yeah. But the art of detaching is truly like an art on its own. And it is so hard not only to execute, but it's hard to come to terms with the fact that you need to detach from someone before actually executing. So Mm -hmm. I think like half the battle is coming to those conclusions of, wow, I am heavily attached to this person. I am really enmeshed in this. Mm -hmm. It's time to detach. Yeah, right. totally. Awareness. Awareness. So I think this one we're just going to dive right in, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, let's talk first about maybe what detachment is. I feel like it's a word that has a meaning not regarding relationship. You know what I mean? Like yes. the word detach can is just like you can detach a something from a table or you know what I mean? Like for sure. It, it doesn't have to be in this like relationship topic or codependency topic so I feel like let's define what it means in this setting that's a good idea um because when I came up with detachment or when I came across some of the research that I came across when it comes to this topic I was actually first researching breakups for our breakup episode and then I came across a lot of material for detachment so I realized they're two different things and then once I started going down the rabbit hole of each one I realized it's it's two very different things. Breaking up with someone doesn't necessarily mean detachment, and detachment doesn't necessarily mean breaking up with someone. Yeah. So let's define what detachment is. And detachment is the process of separation. Um, it can seem a bit scary if you're codependent, but it's a process of letting go of the ways that no longer serve the relationship. So it doesn't mean that you're actually letting go of a person entirely. You're just letting go of the ways that no longer serve that relationship and no longer are serving both of you, essentially. But um, but Melody Beattie, the person that we reference quite a bit, she's the one who wrote Codependent No More. Um, she's kind of the one that we use to reference a lot of our materials from. Mm-hmm. She has a good quote on this about detaching. She says, when we detach, we relinquish our tight hold and our need to control in in." I'm sorry. We relinquish our tight hold and our need to control in our relationships. We take responsibility for ourselves and we allow others to do the same. Yeah, that's really important. And I mean, I feel like letting go a need to control 
mm-hmm. is so there's so much wrapped into in that. Like your need, someone's need to control, someone attempting to control, is usually coming from a place of fear, a place mm-hmm. of scarcity, a place of like something bad is going to happen if I don't do this. Right. So so much faith and self-realization has to go into trying to not control something that that statement I think is just so like how hard that is is really underrated understated underrated (laughs) yeah I think it's underrated yeah yeah I completely agree like it's one thing to just talk about detachment but as far as putting this in practice Mm -hmm. for actually relinquishing that need for control Mm. that is the hardest thing ever Mm -hmm. like I didn't used to peg myself as someone who was controlling until Mm. I actually looked at how much I control or tried to control outlooks or outcomes in my life well and interesting you say that because I have a friend who was talking about someone in her life who might be codependent and she was saying I just don't really think so because they're not controlling. Mm. And I was like, well, maybe. I mean, it's not really for either of us to say if they're codependent or not. That's a self-journey they need to go on. But if we're just talking about, like, control behavior, it doesn't have to look obvious. Mm-hmm. Or even, like, a villain control, you yeah. know? It could be that you say things in a constant motherese tone or apologize before you say everything or you know try to be extra nice extra people pleasey those are controlling behaviors actually because you're trying to manipulate the other person's um central nervous system and response to you you're trying to manipulate the other person's mood and make sure everything's okay with them Mm -hmm. and so that's that's a a form of control. Form of control, and and mm-hmm. so I think it's hard to notice. Totally, that's a great point, actually, because I think when I originally was looking at the word control mm-hmm. or controlling, I was definitely looking at it in like the villainous way of yeah. like obvious control, like I am controlling you, your behavior, your I won't let you go outside, like the yeah. obvious. <laughs> control moments right right and i think a lot of our brains immediately go to that when we think of control because we just think of like the most extreme ways of control Mm -hmm. but there's other ways where it shows up and especially for codependence it's not an obvious i'm going to outright control you it's more like a Mm -hmm. i'm gonna try and control the response to this the vibe of the room yeah yeah exactly yeah um so that's a, a really good point to make but Uh, It's also important to mention that Deepak Chopra, he actually has a law of detachment. Uh, I thought it was really interesting to add this because I thought he had something, um, he had kind of like a good affirmation or way of putting this. Mm -hmm. He said, I will allow myself and those around me the freedom to be as they are. I will not rigidly impose my ideas of how things should be. I will not force solutions on problems, thereby creating new problems. Mm-hmm. So I like how that's worded. It's more of like an affirmational sense. Like you can almost repeat that, you know, daily to yeah, yourself to totally. remind yourself to continue to de- detach. I love that. Because I of, need that. I think I'm going to start doing that actually. <laughs> I actually think so too. As yeah. I was reading that, I was like, I should be reading this every day. Yeah, <laughs> that's hitting me different. I mean, I think I, this makes me think of somebody else in my life that has said, I don't believe relationships can be helped by space or distance Mm. and this is someone who is rather controlling and I 
think that this comment, this affirmation, this quote is exactly why that's not true. I know. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. Because absolutely. you're just trying to force a problem solving moment on something that really just needs both people in the situation to be free. Yeah. And allow that freedom to increase compassion and be able to draw them together because it, otherwise you're just trying to control them more to be different. Right. To equal a relationship you want it to look like, but that, it's not that. And facing the reality of that, I think yeah. is more important than. It literally is. That's them rigidly trying to control. Yes. Like what it's, what it literally says. It's yes. what the, that's what they're doing by saying that mm-hmm. though, is they're trying to rigidly mm-hmm. impose their ideas and beliefs. Exactly. Right? So yeah, that's a, I would go back listeners to, um, to that affirmation and maybe write it down or journal yeah. on it because that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it too. Right. And so, yeah, on that note, um, with detaching, detaching with love means stepping back from obsessively worrying about others and telling others what to do and rescuing them from the consequences of their choices. Yeah. When we detach, we let others be responsible for their own choices and we don't interfere or try to protect them from any negative consequences that may result. Yeah. So I think that's a big one, too. Even just thinking in the lens of a parent, I think, like, mm-hmm. this is probably really hard for parents because they want to try and um, not have their kid make the mistakes that they're going to make, right? Yeah. They're trying to control the outcomes of the choices of their kid instead of just realizing, you know, I have to detach from this and I have to let them make their own mistakes. Yeah. You know? And some of it's fear of them um, being hurt in any way. And then some of it's, I think, fear of that thing that happens naturally, I think, when you're a parent, because it's human nature, just feeling like your child is an extension of you. So it's almost like what you do is a reflection of me. And so I need to control your behavior so that people's perception of me is what I want it to be. Yes. You know? Yes. And I will say, my dad has a hard time with this. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't, I don't think he listens to the pod right now, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> hey. But, um, but I mean, I'm not like, I'm not at all putting him under the bus or anything. I'm just saying, like, I think for him, he's really struggled with this. And I know growing up, like, he really was just so concerned with the negative outcomes to the choices that I made growing mm-hmm. up. Like, I remember when I first started getting tattoos, he was like, oh, my God, but what's everyone going to say and think? And, like, he outwardly would say mm-hmm. <laughs> say these things. And I'm just like, it's so weird that you care so much about right. what other people's opinions are. But, like, I don't know. Him detaching. Of somebody else. I know. <laughs> See, you're not getting a tattoo. I, I am. Like. Yeah, exactly. It was all about image for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's just. He's also said some other weird things, too. Like, when I first came out of the closet to him he mm-hmm. was like well have you made this public on social media yet and i'm like why right, is... right. why is that the question all right i thought that was in the and for you to say that as a first thing out of your mouth it yeah. was just so strange um but yeah and that's just random examples but what mm-hmm. i'm saying is like he uh i've seen him struggle with this over time he really has a hard time uh detaching and not trying to impose his um things on people like he he is so controlling to the point where before we hang out he will like come up with what he wants to t- us to talk about oh. like on that hangout oh wow like what he wants to talk about and what I, he like structures it so that oh. he can 
get the most out of our interaction for him. So it's, does he tell you that before you get there? When you get there, he's like, "Here's the list." No. So I called him out recently. I said, "This seems so structured sometimes when we hang out. Like the conversation seems structured." And then he kind of admitted, "Like, oh, I do a lot of like mental preparation." Oh, fascinating. And I was like, "That's so strange. I don't do that with any hangout ever. I mean, no. I do that for interviews, but like mm-hmm. when I'm hanging out, it's with family, especially. I let the conversation flow. You know." He, it's more of a control thing for him. Definitely, he, wow. Yeah, so I just thought that was something to mention. Oh, yeah, I have a bunch of note cards in my pocket so that there's, there isn't a lull. Fascinating. Yeah. Anyways. Um, okay, so. Detachment we... oh. often entails, oh, I love this because this is a list of what detachment is, what it includes, and then we'll talk about what it is not. Yeah. So, detachment often entails no longer making someone's problem your own. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's hard for okay. a codependent, right? <laughs> well, I won't be doing that, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as a codependent, we want to take on everyone's problems. Yeah, we I have want... to fix it. Yeah. It's my job. What do you mean that's not my problem? It's your problem is my problem. Mm-hmm. Releasing uh, the... Dis- oh, sorry. Oh, no. I was just going to basically say that again. <laughs> Uh, the next point is releasing the desire to control and no longer acting on it. So, Dad, are you listening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just Hello. Uh, maybe keeping a healthy distance and loving them from a distance. Mm-hmm. So this and this is physical. necessary sometimes. Yeah. Physically and emotionally. Yeah. Both. Yeah. yeah. Um, releasing yourself of the responsibility to make others happy. Mm, yeah. This is really hard. This is really hard. Mm-hmm. We feel responsible for people's happiness yeah. all the time. And it's exhausting. <laughs> it is. Um, holding emotional space for yourself instead of just for other people. It's hard to do. Hmm. Yeah. Because I feel like if you're, you feel like it's your job to keep everyone else happy. You feel like it's everyone, it's your job to solve everybody's problems. Of course, like our, you're not, that's too much work for your body and mind to take on. And then of course you don't have any extra mind space or physical energy to take care of yourself exactly you know exactly um stopping manipulative behaviors such as trying to control others emotions or outcomes of a situation yeah and then refusing to prioritize people to your own detriment so if they reach out or are looking for validation after a breakup, not prioritizing their need for that. So don't bend over backwards to give them closure. Yeah, like not, I, I, this is really important. Like if I recognize someone wants something or needs, feels like they need something, I will bend over backwards to make sure that that happens. Yeah. Um, because it almost in my mind is like, oh, now this is something on my list of to do's mm-hmm. and I can't not do it because someone else is going to be affected by it if I don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's hard because then it goes back to prioritizing that person over yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's one of the hardest things. Like honestly, I I get sucked in so easily with mm-hmm. people to where I am completely ignoring my own needs and right. I'm just focusing on their needs constantly. Right. So it's tough. It is. Um, letting people experience consequences of their behavior. God. You cannot save them. You cannot be the savior. And this even happens in just small ways where, like, I think we were talking in the last episode and I said, I don't, I don't want it to be obvious when I'm changing the topic or I don't want it to be obvious when I'm 
doing something for myself because I don't want anyone to experience any bad consequence because it's awkward. Yeah. You know? Right. Like, even if someone starts to gossip and I change the subject because I don't want to gossip, I'm not actively saying I don't want to gossip, but it's pretty clear I'm changing the subject. That moment is so awkward for me, even though that's a consequence of their action to try to gossip. Like, yeah. uh, now I don't want to. I'm not judging you or whatever, but I just don't want to. So I'm moving on. Right. I can't let that consequence be. I feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. I want to make it seem like fully love everything you're doing. I just, real quick, we need to talk about this other thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard, though. It's so awkward. And like you said, in the moment, it's so cringy. It's so cringy. It makes you cringe inside, like, hardcore. But it's it's what's needed. Mm. I was thinking in this, for this situation, letting people experience the consequences of their own behavior, you know, this also for me ties back with boundaries and like when you set certain boundaries and they're not going to be happy about that and the consequences that can come from that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, and also I was thinking of this personal situation that happened recently where I was in a romantic situation. I was talking to somebody and I mean, you know the whole story on this, but it didn't work out, and I basically had to cut this person out of my life entirely for as a consequence to something they did to me that I just won't tolerate and I won't allow. Mm-hmm. And I had to be tough with myself on that one because yeah. I am a very forgiving person. And so I wanted to bring this up because just because you need to detach from someone, it doesn't necessarily mean – like you can still forgive someone for whatever they might have done to – cause you to want to detach from them sure but and still love them from a distance and yeah it's important to remember these things because it's like you have to do that for yourself for your own sanity and it doesn't mean that you're a bad person for doing what you're doing you're doing it solely so that you can feel better about yourself Mm -hmm. at the end of the day so i that was kind of a weird way of saying it but what i'm saying is like it can be hard but you can do it and the times like even when you fully forgive someone for something they might have done to that free to like fully detach from them yeah um you can still love them from distance yeah and i think that's the important thing we will get into what detachment is not in just a second but it's important to remember the difference that detachment is not um being upset and angry and resentful at someone from a distance it's developing compassion and letting go of the anger and, and resentment, which is what yeah. forgiveness is, right? Right. A dis- internal decision to let go of resentment and anger, which has nothing to do with the other person, you right. know? So you can do that and decide to set some boundaries, which might include some space. Right, right, right. You know? Exactly. And then the last one is relinquishing the overall illusion of control. And that is what it is. It's an illusion. We try to control, yeah. but we never can. So it's ultimately just not even real yeah but relinquishing the illusion of control over people and situations so just dealing with what is right now instead of trying to anticipate what will be if such and such happens yeah i think a lot of us do this i think we like focus on what possibly could happen versus what's actually happening right Mm -hmm. now and we get caught up in that and it, it is what you said about the the illusion of control none of us have control ever Mm -hmm. really um but we need to give up the idea of that. You totally. Know? It's, it's hard, but we have to. So. Yep. Necessary. So what is, what is not detachment, mm-hmm. <laughs> Megan? Well, tell us what detachment is not. Detachment is not, it doesn't mean that you don't care about someone anymore. 
-hmm. However, it can mean that some like planned ignoring or like serious distancing physically, emotionally might be necessary if that feels healthy for you. But it does not mean that you don't care about them and you don't have to stop caring about them in order to detach. The two are not, you know, mutually exclusive. You can care about someone and also detach from them. Yeah, exactly. Like what I had mentioned before about still caring about them, but just having to detach. And honestly, you gain more respect in the end when mm-hmm. you do that. Mm-hmm. Not just for yourself, but like, I don't know, other whoever you're dealing with too, like, It gives you a lot more self-agency. And, like, for me, as I'm getting stronger with the art of detachment, Mm -hmm. I I feel myself getting stronger and stronger. And I'm starting to feel more powerful in my interactions with people. Because I'm like, wait, I'm not someone who needs this person Mm -hmm. in my life. I'm someone who wants this person in my life. And there's a huge difference. You're not giving over all your power to them. Yeah. And always acting like you need the person in your life. That's being attached. And Mm -hmm. we can learn how to not need them and be okay with detaching but still loving them Mm -hmm. you know so that was the first one um acting passive aggressive that's definitely not detachment yeah and if you want to know more about that we definitely did a full episode on On passive aggression yeah because that is really closely tied to codependency it's gonna be probably a big um knee-jerk reaction i think for a lot of codependents For sure. And we have some exciting guests coming up for season two next year. And I'd be very curious to know what they have to say about passive aggressiveness. Definitely. So you guys should tune in for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Turning from a people pleaser to a martyr or victim. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is really common. Like you're doing everything you can, people pleasing them. And then when there comes a breaking point, instead of realizing your part in that and trying to fix it, you end up shifting over to the resentment side so you become the martyr you become the victim i'm always doing this and this and this and you're never giving me anything blah, blah, blah. yeah and that actually probably is true but it's your fault too you know exactly <laughs> yes um becoming narcissistic or self self-absorbed mm-hmm. that's definitely not deta- detachment uh having no goals for yourself mm-hmm. wishing ill on others mm-hmm. yeah like it's not about I'm perfect, I don't need to change, I have no goals, and now I think bad things about everybody else, I blame them, and I hope bad things happen to them. Right. Which I think is, some point, human nature, pity partying. Right. But can really, we can really dig our feet into that. And just remind yourself, detachment is for you. Detaching from people is solely to help you out, both emotionally, physically, spiritually, all of that. So if you're holding on to this deep-seated resentment from afar and you're thinking that, oh, well, I'm detached from this person. I don't see them on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. but yet I still hate their guts or something, that's only going to eat you up inside. So the reason why we're doing this is that we don't get eaten up by these emotions. Exactly. Right? We're detaching, meaning that this no longer affects us. Right? Exactly. Um, Okay. Next one is nihilistic. So fancy word meaning... Relentless negativity or cynicism suggesting an absence of values or beliefs. Yeah, I feel like people can quickly get into this when things aren't going their way. You know, like, oh, nothing matters. I don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, like, nothing has meaning. It's yeah. Like, well. Yeah, and that there's, we, we uh, I mean, I don't know about you. I've been around people who are, who are like that, who are just very intensely negative. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And like going back to the previous point of like, you don't want to just wish ill on this Mm -hmm. person that you're detaching from because it's only going to eat you up inside. It does literally nothing for you to hold on to all this. So that's why you're detaching. You're letting it go. Yep. All right. So now that we've talked about what detachment is and what it is not, we can talk about how to detach. How do we do this, Brooke? Because it sounds really hard. It does. It does. But I think the first step is to identify why you need to detach. Yeah. So this is a big one in the step process, in my opinion. And I think it's the first step to make some serious change in, in, the, in regards to your relationships is I think acknowledging why you're detaching is so important. And really knowing the why behind anything in life is, is important. Like always knowing your whys is, is just a good practice to have. But in the art of detaching, we have to know why we're doing it in the first place in order to really make it stick. Because if we're not too clear as to why we're even doing this to begin with, with this person, then it's not going to serve us. It's not going to be a lasting change and it's not mm-hmm. going to be something that serves us ultimately. You know what I mean? Yeah. And every time in our action steps, number one is something to do with awareness. <laughs> you have to be aware. You can't do anything about it. Right. You know? But I think that's sometimes the hardest for some people. Mm-hmm. For me, I do consider myself to be a little more like I'm self-aware mm-hmm. and I do like point things out almost to my detriment. Like, mm-hmm. cause I'll point out so much that's wrong with me all right, at once. Right, right. But there are certain people, too, that are just on the opposite spectrum of that, where it's hard to even come to terms with the fact that they have an issue with someone. Yeah, or that it's some, humbling. Yeah, yeah, or that some change needs to happen with some yeah. dynamic. It's really hard to come to these terms and actually, like, cognitively put it to the front of your head, like, yeah. hey, wait, I need to detach from this person, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. Um, so that's a really important step. The next step is feel and let go of your emotions. Mm. Oh, is that all? That's it. <laughs> Just let go of them. Oh, Megan, God, are you even holding on to this? <laughs> we all let go of ours. Taking the goodwill. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is hard, Brooke. It's really hard, and I think it's important to mention the first word in this is feel and let go of your emotions. Mm-hmm. Feel and let go. So that's really important to just like kind of put an emphasis on that because I think it's not just like you let go of your emotions. That's impossible. You have to like feel them first though before you can Mm -hmm. actually release them in a way where you're like, okay, I've now felt that entirely through my body and now I can like make peace with it and move on instead of just shoving it under a rug and be like, okay, ignoring it. Or feeling it for a second. It's like, that's probably not good enough. (laughs) Yeah. Being like, okay, did it. You know, <laughs> it's going to be like a wave. It comes and goes. It lasts for a while. You have cry sessions or sometimes yeah. all in a, you know, I to release anger, I like to go to kickboxing or like there's even a place where you can go and break stuff safely. You yeah. know, like just get your anger out somehow. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think that's really important to actually feel the emotions. And like you said, not for two seconds, but like actually do stuff to feel that emotion. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you have to be sad for a while and cry it out, like mm-hmm. sit and cry it out. Yeah. And it's so hard, but you have to do it yeah. to release it. You do. Otherwise, it's going to be pent up. And it's really clear too, like when this isn't necessarily what this means, but like if you're not normally a crier and a lot of things are making you cry, it's probably it a sign that you need to cry (laughs) you know for sure for sure I have ways where my body 
tells me that I need to cry yeah. and it's been a while for me and then my body will remind me yeah. like in weird ways where yeah. I'm like why am I crying at this oh totally. probably because I have pent-up sadness exactly <laughs> um next one is respond don't react mm-hmm. so in so. these moments I think when we're trying to do this and the triggers keep coming up as they will mm-hmm. not reacting out of like a automatic feelings place Right. But allowing yourself to, like, feel it inside, zoom out, recognize, like, check in with yourself, and then respond. Yeah. Yeah, and it goes back to not taking things personally, right? Like, mm-hmm. just kind of observing what this person says yeah. and detaching it in that moment. You can detach right then and there by not feeling what they're saying, but just responding. Yes. It's different. It's different, people. Yeah. Um. Next one is take it slow and start small. Start by not responding immediately to texts or calls. Like that's just an example. It's mm-hmm. so like a mini way you can start to do that is yeah. just by not responding to texts or calls immediately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not always being at that person's beck and call, essentially. Yep. And yeah. I think a really big thing is to make those goals for yourself. Specific mm-hmm. goals. I'm yeah. not going to immediately. Re- I'm going to wait 20 minutes to respond. I'm yeah. going to wait an hour to respond. Um, today I'm actually going to put my phone in a zipped bag and I'm not going to look at it. Was it you that helped me? It was either you or Sue or someone, I forget who it was, but I was having a bad spiral one day and I was like, I don't know what to do. And then I think it was maybe you and you said, lock your car, lock your phone in your car. Mm. Or no, it might have been Sue. I think it's Sue. Yeah. (laughs) Sue was Sue. Get it out of your line of sight. Yeah. And I was... It's funny because, like, I don't, I never thought of it that way. Like, just take away the temptation, right? Yeah. Like, because we have our phone right with us all the time. In two seconds, I could send a detrimental text message mm-hmm. to, to someone. Like, to have that power yeah. is insane. I know. Right? Put a barrier between yourself and a bad decision. <laughs> I know. And even if that means something as absurd as getting the phone out of the house, I mean, think about it. An alcoholic has to get rid of the alcohol in the house. You know, someone who's addicted to mm-hmm. fast food has mm-hmm. to get that out of their house. So someone yeah. who's addicted to relationships, which is what a codependent is, yeah. they need to get rid of their yeah. their um, ways to relate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, their relationship tools, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, journaling is next. Yeah. And I think, let's lump the next two, journaling and meditation. Yeah. I feel like I go back and forth doing these and then not doing these. Really? Yeah. I've actually gotten on a good routine with these, with both of these things at night. So I carve out an hour before bed Mm -hmm. and I've been doing this thing where I journal and I meditate Mm -hmm. and then I'll listen to something uplifting in that hour if I can. So like 15 minutes on journaling, 15 minutes on meditating, and then I'll listen to a podcast or something that's inspirational or something. Yeah. Um, And that's been really good. I actually, it it feels good to have a routine in my life. I don't have any set routines you know, and it's hard when you work from home because then yeah. it's like, uh, I don't have to really get dressed today. I don't really have to do much today. Totally. So you can really fall out of routines and not have any very mm-hmm. easily. So for me, routines save me. The brain likes routines. The brain likes it. And honestly, with journaling and meditation, it makes the detachment so much easier because as you're writing out the reasons why you're detaching from this person, it's like you're putting it out into the universe you're putting it out on paper it's more likely to manifest that way by detaching totally right so true it's so important and i think too um getting in like getting in touch with yourself 
mm-hmm. in those ways is going to be really important because then it'll be easier to come back to your breath, to come back to yourself, to come back to your gut feeling, to come back to your thoughts if you've been practicing doing that, mm-hmm. journaling and meditating, you know. Right. In the moment you're triggered, it'll be much easier to do that. Exactly. Next one, be patient with yourself. It's going to be a process. There's going to be moments where you feel like you're not really detaching, you're not mm-hmm. doing it right. There's going to be moments where you're not even sure you want to detach because you're, you know, so attached. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be hard. You're going to go through waves of doubting yourself, but you have to stick to it and you have to just remind yourself of that list that you wrote down in the beginning of why you're detaching to begin with or just yeah. remind yourself of your why, right? Exactly. Um focus on what you can control that's all we can do yeah at the end of the day yeah uh reset your expectations and be realistic this is so key i think a lot oftentimes people including me feel like they're doing that and you're just not <laughs> i know <laughs> you know you're more often not than you actually are totally yeah uh, love them from afar, like we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like that's important to recognize. Like, if a lot of people, I feel like, will say, like, I, but I have so much love and nowhere to put it, kind of a thing. And it's like, well, you can do that from a distance. And all the love, I somebody said this that it, I thought was really helpful. Like, the love that you're feeling is not actually about them or originating because you were with them, it's originating inside you. That's you. So Mm -hmm. you can use that for you and for anyone that you run across. It's not for that person. It's from you. It's your love. So use it in a different, with a different trajectory. Right. You know? Right. You can always direct that love somewhere else. You don't have to just get rid of it. You can, Mm -hmm. I have a ton of love to give too. (laughs) We all do. But I mean, it's, it's, you could just redirect. Give it to your neighbor. Give it to whoever you're hanging out with in a week, you know? For sure. Uh, reconnect with what makes you happy. So important. Really important in general for codependence. Yeah. Really push towards the joy, get new hobbies, try new things. Yep. And focus on the future. Yep. Don't focus on what was because it'll make you feel grief and sadness. Focus on what is going to be because your life still has meaning and you'll make so many more connections. Yeah. This is not the end. And I think what we do when we want to detach from someone is we come up with all these past examples mm-hmm. of why we feel we need to detach. And sure, that might help you with the reasons for why you feel you need to detach. However, we can't get stuck in that place. Yeah. A lot of us get stuck in the past. So even when we are detaching with love from this person, we might still be ruminating yeah. on some of those things that they did in the past to us. Totally. And that's not healing mm-hmm. for you or for mm-hmm. anyone involved. Exactly. So you have to detach. Ugh, this is really, really an important step. Um, in codependent behavior relationships, I've done it recently with codependent relationships. I've done it in the past with codependent relationships and depending on who they are to me, who they were to me, it looks different in repairing and recovering afterwards. Um, but you know, sometimes detaching and keeping that space is necessary. For sure. You know, it, it just depends on the relationship. And once you get good at this, like I said, it feels so empowering. Because like, it brings you back to your peace. Yeah. You know, which I think is has been a motif of a lot of our um, episodes, um, is keeping your peace. Yeah, and honestly, it's done a lot for my self-esteem now that I'm kind of learning what this means to detach. It's yeah. like helping me become more secure and confident as a person mm-hmm. where I'm like, yeah, I don't need that person to be attached to me. Like, I yeah, can... Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't need this person. I think codependence, we're always thinking we need... Mm-hmm. this person in our life it's like no you don't you're, you're okay you're okay yeah 
And you're when okay, you, audience. You're okay, audience, and you can detach healthily, and yes. you can thrive. Send us an email at doyoulikeuspod at gmail.com to tell us how you've detached, or to tell us how you're struggling to detach, or to give us advice about detachment. Tell us what detachment is. We have no idea. Please just tell us what's <laughs> going on. And also with that, can you tell us if you like, like us? <laughs> that was Sorry. such a weird way of saying <laughs> I know. We rephrased it just for this episode. Yeah. But we're going to detach from that moment yes. and say goodbye. Goodbye.